0: Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, raw and frank conversations. My curiosity and impatience in seeking success has encouraged me to create a Half Dozen Things podcast. I designed it to bring you simplicity and discovery back to the forefront of your lives. We are all such busy people, it's easy to overlook the simple things we could be doing to achieve wealth, success and happiness. Hello, I'm delighted to be joined today by Joe Bevelacqua. Joe is a serial entrepreneur who has founded and grown three successful businesses with no prior experience in any of their industries prior to launch. There's a flooring business, a hair and beauty salon, and an online and in-person mentoring community. She helps business owners grow their businesses, Jo has made such a success that not only has she and her businesses won multiple national awards, she has also been invited to the House of Lords and to Buckingham Palace for the impact her businesses have made on her local community. She always puts people over profits, which is why she has grown three strong brands that employees love to work for and clients love to be a part of. Listen today to her half dozen things which include USP, which is having a unique selling point, keeping it fun. Keeping it about the team, about client experience, relationships and being real. I had a lot of fun recording today's episode so I hope you enjoy it. Joe, I'm really excited to have Joe Beverly join me today. I've just given you a bit of an intro, Joe, to the listeners so they know a bit about you. But you're like multiple business owner, super successful businesswoman from Peterborough. And tell me a little bit more about your businesses and Serenity Loves and the unique Montpreneur, which you're now rebranding as well, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. so I started my first business 11 years ago now. Um, I was on maternity leave with my first daughter, knew that I didn't want to go back to work. I was working in a childcare facility nursery at that time, the wages weren't great. I mean, I loved what I did, but I just didn't think that it was right for me to go back and look after other people's children. So I was supervisor of the toddler room when actually my daughter would probably be downstairs being looked after by somebody else. So I think I knew when I went on maternity leave that that wasn't going to be an option for me. And then my husband, my partner at the time, we've been married since, he was in a job that he'd been in since school. He was probably quite undervalued, underpaid, and we just decided that actually one day we were just going to get a personal loan, 20 grand from the bank, buy a van, buy some tools, get a website done, and start out doing flooring on our own. So, yeah, we decided to, that's where it started, basically. We had no expectations whatsoever of what it was going to look like. Um, But we we learned a lot. And then two years after that, I had the idea of the, a salon with a crush. It was something that I needed myself. So we decided that I was going to go for hell for leather with that. I had the idea on my birthday in June 2011. Um, and we were open with a team of six in March 2012. And over the last eight years, we've grown that. We've got a team of 16. We've, like I said, we, we're a really successful business. It gives me a life that I've always probably dreamed. Um, but it also gives me the flexibility and it gives me the opportunity to help other people regardless whether that's our employees whether that's our customers whether it's the community we're quite heavy we do a lot in the community and charity and stuff so it's allowed me to live a really lovely life and then being semi-retired at 32 probably sounds like the dream for most people Um, and it was maybe for a couple of months but I got very bored very quickly and probably a little bit depressed, actually. My husband used to do the school run in the morning. So I really didn't have anything to wake up for. Like the kids didn't go to school until I past three. And so, yeah, I decided to then set up a community for women. I was getting lots of requests to go out for coffee and for lunch and stuff by the business owners to pick my brains. And there was a real lack of community, especially for women. So I decided that actually I was going to create a community for women to come together to support each other and to grow their businesses. So it actually gave them a life that they wanted as well. And um, So we called that the Unique Entrepreneur. We started that about four years ago and then we've recently had a rebrand. So um, it's more under the Joe Bevilacqua brand. So I work with men and women um, to help grow their businesses because... Although I feel like I'm quite approachable, actually, when all your messaging is about women and mums and stuff, you are going to attract only those people, and other people are going to feel like they don't fit into that community, so they don't approach you for help, and it was really bothering me when I would hear that people were struggling with their businesses, and they wanted to reach out, but actually they felt like they couldn't, because they only help a certain type of person. So yeah, in the last couple of months, we've gone through a bit of a a rebrand, and I've started working with more men as well, so... Yeah, it's all just a little bit exciting at the moment. That's
0: so cool. That is so cool. And you've got to do some really cool stuff, haven't you? You've like won some mega awards and been to the House of Lords and like crazy stuff like that. So tell me a little bit about the House of Lords.
1: Yes, that came from being one of... So I got involved with um, Small Business Saturday. When we first opened the salon, I remember getting a um, leaflet through the door from American Express because our card um, machine, our PDQ machine at the time, did normal cards and then American Express. And American Express were helping to bring this American campaign over called Small Business Saturday. And I remember registering for that then, and they were encouraging people to shop small. So if you went into a a business that was registered with Small Business Saturday and you spent X amount of money, they would then credit your account with five pounds. So I was like, it's a no-brainer. And we got a few new clients that came in and bought products or come and booked in for a blow-dry or whatever on the day. I thought, this is brilliant. This is exactly what we want. We want everybody supporting small. Because although our branding has always been on point with Serenity and a lot of people have thought we were a national company, it is just me behind it and my team. So we are a small business with big dreams, but technically we are still a small business. Um, So I got involved with Small Business Saturday kind of a little bit eight years ago. And then probably about three years ago, I saw an advert for a kind of sponsored ad on my newsfeed about um, an awards called The Smalls, which is headed by a lady called Michelle Ovens. And she's a real champion for small businesses as well. Everything she does is about small businesses. And I thought, actually, that looks like a really fun awards do nice. and I don't know about you but there's a lot of award do's that are, are are great but they're very formal. The Smalls knocks the socks off every other awards ceremony that I've been to. It nice. is super fun, super inclusive, it's great. So we nice. applied um, for that and then we got shortlisted for our category, which was at your service, because obviously we were a service based industry. And then when we went on the night, we walked in and we were sat right at the back. And I thought, well, there's no way that we're going to win this. I've been to two previous awards that we hadn't won. So I was like, oh, thought it would just, it's a night out in London. It was literally on the same road that I lived on for about six months. So that was a bit nostalgic. And I just thought, actually, we're not going to win this. So let's just enjoy it. It was free wine, so me and my friends who went down just got a little bit drunk. To be fair, Had no expectations because it was again like a national award. And then we won our category, which was amazing. Mm. And then we won the overall small business of the year as well. So wow. that was just like double bubble. Yeah, that was a little bit emotional. I'm not going to lie. And then from there, we then enter small business Saturday. They're doing like 100 small businesses. If they choose 100 small businesses around the UK. You have to apply for it and you get shortlisted. And with that, we then got an invitation to go and have like a summer solstice at the um, House of Lords. Um, and I've actually been three times now, wow. which is amazing. And it's just a great experience to go and be surrounded by other small business owners in the UK really kind of build your network, get to know other people, which is fab. And then we won an award at the Women Leaders, um, not last November, November before. Um, And again, we won our category. And then I won the overall contribution to the community as well, which is fantastic, outstanding contribution to community. And with that, Lord Lieutenant Spence, I think her name is. Um, I'm really bad with names. She had then has... Hopefully a,
0: she's not listening then.
1: Hopefully not. I'm so bad with names. I forget my own kids' names sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. It's fine. I've got four of them, so that's okay. That's my excuse.
1: <laughs> Jim Bob Fred, what's her name? Yeah. Um, and then she, obviously added, as a lordly Lieutenant, she has the power as such, to invite people to the Queen's Garden Party at Buckingham Palace. So... I was able to take my mum there last May. So, yeah, that was a great experience. Yeah. In the gardens of Buckingham Palace is pretty epic. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So.
0: Proud moments. Yeah, that's amazing. So you've done like loads of cool stuff, haven't you, really? Really sort of from an experience point of view, you've, you've built sort of three substantial businesses, including, so there's a flooring business, so like a trades business. You've then got the hairdressers, and then obviously like a mentoring coaching business too, which is, it's incredible. And then obviously lots of awards too, like good quality awards, because there are some, uh, award ceremonies that maybe aren't quite as good as others. So you've done some done some really big national awards as well, which is amazing. It's like awesome. So well qualified to be sharing a half dozen things, I would say, and um, helping me on my journey as I start to understand a lot more about what success builds. So uh, the first one, and you've written them to me and gone in no particular order. So I'm going to work out a little order for them and we're just going to, I'm going to keep you on your toes. But I do want to start with USP because I think that is where a good business starts. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think that's something that we probably subconsciously nailed right from the beginning of our first business is working out what your USP is um and for the listeners
0: had- for, sorry for the listeners usp unique selling point absolutely sorry joe i didn't mean to interrupt so you there Dan, i'll let you carry on now but
1: <laughs> like i'd be that person at home going what's usp yeah exactly exactly we've just got yeah. to
0: uh, just make sure we're clear on that
1: okay, don't have to be bright to be a business owner and i'm probably going to be evident of that by the end of this year but like, actually she's just a bit ditzy like how has she done everything that she's done
0: I think you're going to dispel those myths, can't Joe.
1: Sure. Um, so yeah, your USP, your unique selling point—that's something that we kind of nailed right from the beginning. And as I said, especially with the first business, it was very subconscious. Um, we just knew that we wanted to deliver a service, we wanted to stand out. We were a brand new business. We we never build our business on technically like taking clients from anybody else or when Adam worked for that other business their clients were their clients we wanted to start fresh and um, we never wanted our success to be down to kind of underlined with any kind of mischief if that makes sense so our values were we wanted to build a business that was right for us but actually was right for our clients so we knew as young 20-somethings I think I was only 24 when we started the business and Adam was only kind of 27 so we were quite young really and I just feel like we understood our client avatar straight away we knew that people were busy like I didn't want to go around when I got my new house going to flooring companies and having it around was just a bore. like it's boring how many different types of grey <coughs> carpet can you look at like it's a carpet it's <laughs> the 100%. same as like laminate flooring. It's just not my bag. No. So I just want convenience. We live in such a busy society that actually convenience, regardless, people get so fixated on price. Like I, want, I don't want to be the most expensive. Like I've got to be the cheapest or so. And so it's cheaper than me. But we never had those worries because actually what we focused on was really good customer service but convenient. So Adam used to go and take, get kind of a brief overview of a consultation on the phone. What's your, maybe your budget? What are you looking for? What style? And then he would then select three, four, maybe samples and then take them to the house. But So when he was to measure up, he would have the samples so they can have a look in their environment. And to be fair, there's one thing, I went to an event last year and Three words have really stood out to me, and that's confusion kills conversion or confusion kills sales. Like it's so simple, but it's so powerful. If you're gonna be in a in a warehouse with 150 different grey carpets with a slight difference in each, like how can you choose something whereas somebody just brings you three or four, then actually most likely you're going to be able to choose one because they're the only options that you've got. And if they're not quite right, he can then go and bring some other ones and that's okay too, but convenience definitely was the USP for our flooring company for sure it was about bringing samples to your door at a time and a date that was convenient for you so was that convenient for Adam having to go out in the evenings and weekends probably not but actually sometimes you've got to do the stuff that you don't want to do at the beginning of business because that's how you get your name out there and that's how you get your brand's loyalty because actually you will go above and beyond. So that's definitely something that we nailed with the Hallmark, as I said, subconsciously. Then when I opened a salon, our USP definitely was, we were the salon with the crash. So you could come and have your hair and beauty treatments done and your child would be looked after in a dedicated area, which was decorated. It was like a nursery with a qualified DBS checks nursery nurse. Then there was a camera linked to... The crash that you could watch in the salon. So we used to get a lot of people that used to leave their kids for the first time. Like they hadn't even left them with their partner or their parents or a friend, but actually they left them with us because we had that trust. They could see them on the screen. They could see if they were in distress. They knew that they were literally kind of twenty meters away. So our USP definitely was kind of that trust and the crash. And then I think we've definitely evolved on what our USP is. So. Um, customer service is and that customer experience is definitely what our USP is at salon. If you read our, our reviews, the fact that the girls are, are the team are so welcoming, they're so down to work, there's no judgment, just really pleasant employees that work for us. Whereas there is a big stigma with salons that actually it's quite intimidating to go into a salon, especially if you've just had a baby and you're not feeling great about yourself. That's so right yeah
0: one thing I wanted to ask you about which I I find fascinating and 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 I love about about your business and that is that a lot of people will say that you need to have done the job to run the business properly talk to me a little bit about that I just
1: don't think it's true I think at the end of the day and this is where a lot of people fail like don't get me wrong I'm very vocal about getting advice from a business coach that actually has their own business like but that I'm really strict about because there are certain things that you cannot understand unless you are a business owner. So people go, oh, why are you doing that for? Why don't you just going to get a proper job? Or, or they're not as maybe inventive or creative. There are certain traits that a business owner will have. And yep. just because maybe, I don't want to upset anybody, you've done a course on how to coach people doesn't mean you understand the logistics about business. Like it takes a certain type of person to be a business owner and I think you have to be a little bit nuts in all honesty to like leave the security of a paid job, like guaranteed hours and a guaranteed wage, put all your life savings into a business that actually you're probably starting from scratch and you're having to wear all these different hats. So not only do you have to do or deliver the product or service that you want to, you then have to be marketing, account, social media guru, admin person. Like there's so many different HR, manager, Like there's so many different hats. You have to be a little bit nuts to, to Understand start. Um, so I think it does. I would be very wary if you were to ask for advice from a business coach if they haven't had their own business. I'm very strict about that, and I'm very vocal about that, and I'll stand by that. But at the same time, I never worked a day in a flooring company. Like, flooring bores the shiz out of me. Like, it's fucking boring. Like, we walk into a house, the first thing my husband looks at is the floor, and I'm like, oh, you're so sad. And um, (laughs) then... But I never worked a day in a salon either. Like, I'm not that precious about my hair, as you can probably tell from this video. Like, I'm not that, I'm just not that precious about it. And I never worked a day in a salon. But actually, the benefit that that gave me, the advantage that that gave me, was I treat my businesses as businesses. When you're too into it, when you really love what you do, you can end up, Treating it as a bit like a, a hobby or almost like self-employed, people don't want to build a business. They, there's almost like different stages in business, isn't there? There's you're an employee, and then you're a manager, and then when you start your own business, you then kind of go self-employed, and then you start building your teams, and then you start building your business, so then you can then walk away from it. There's not many business owners that's done what I've done that have built two businesses that I then actually walked away from. People get too stuck in the doing that you say say to people, okay, so talk to me about your business. And they're like, well, I am my business. That's not healthy actually, because if anything happened to you, God forbid, you broke a leg or you're in a car accident, you don't actually have a business. You're self-employed because you are your business. So what I do is I really help people to treat their businesses as businesses so that eventually they can take a step back and they're having that business run without them. Perfect. Perfect.
0: Is that the right answer? Did I go up in a bit of a tangent then? No, not at all. You absolutely nailed it. So well done. Gold star. Gold star. Gold star for uh, so, Right.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say on USP, we've got a bit of a handout. So if anybody wants it, I can send it out. But there's kind nice. of some things that we put on there that your USP could be. So obviously I've talked about convenience already, but it could be trust, which I've talked about with the salon. Um, it could be your price so you could be the cheapest or actually it could be the most expensive but it's about your quality time so do you do things really quickly or actually do you take longer do you treat your your customers as vips and actually you're not just like a conveyor belt actually you might take a little bit longer and a little bit more pride in your work guarantee do you offer any kind of money back guarantees if they're not happy is there a cooling off period and um, exclusive-
0: no snore no snore guarantee like our training that's our that's no, our guarantee i no love guarantee.
1: that hashtag, hashtag no that.
0: snore guarantee it's not our you only USD usp forward. but it is our that's our little hashtag
1: <laughs> i love that that's great and that's the thing it's about being fun isn't it um exclusivity size so you might have a really small intimate team or you might have a massive team like each side of the scale is not right or wrong but you can use that to your advantage Um, technology, do you use the latest technology, do you invest in that? Um, Simplicity, this is something that's really kind of missed in business. People make things really complicated when actually all we want is no jargon, something that we can purchase quickly or use quickly or get quick results from. So simplicity, keep things simple, is that your USP, convenience or quality as well? So there's different things that will suit your business and I definitely think that every business needs a USP and they can definitely, if they delve a little deeper, they could work out what that USP is and use it in their marketing and their message to attract the right people.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, no, awesome feedback. And what I'll do is if you can share that with me, then I'll put it out on the link when we share the, share the podcast, yeah? Okay. Awesome stuff. Yeah, so yeah. We- like I say, we've got this no guarantee. But at the moment, we're just, like you said, about the confusion kill sales. That's something that we're addressing at the moment around our offering and expanding our offering, actually, to make it less confusing. Uh, it's something I've been working quite hard in lockdown. So people will see a bit of a relaunch over the next couple of weeks, too, from us. Okay, moving on to the next thing, which I think was quite cool that you were alluding to just now, and that's about keeping it real. Talk to me a bit more about keeping it real.
1: Yeah, so I think in business there is a certain perception of how you should act and how you should talk and how you should communicate in business that actually you need to be, I don't know, a bit bland, a bit neutral. Uh, You're not to have any specific thoughts or opinions that you should be there to please everybody. And I just don't buy into that at all. I just think actually, just in life, you wouldn't want to portray yourself to be something on social media and your marketing to be really professional. But then actually when they meet you, you are the polar opposite because it's confusing. And then that then kind of then leads to distrust. Do you know what I mean? So when people, on my social media, uh, with my group, I am not bothered. I would do lies with no makeup. I'll do them from my bed. Like I'm really not that bothered. I am who I am. Like that's where I'm comfortable. If I don't want to wear makeup, I'm not. Like I'm, you're lucky I'm wearing it today. I'm not gonna lie. But me too. So. No, I'm
0: joking. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: you. I just think you have to be true to yourself. Like at the salon, we're a really fun team. Like I actually think I'm hilarious. Like I'm a really fun person. Like I've always wanted to have fun at work. I feel like we spend most of our time at work. So it has to be fun. Yeah, You have to enjoy it. It has to be a place where everybody feels welcome. So we've always been that salon and had that environment where we're actually really fun. We always have the music on, we'll be dancing around. We're still professional, we still do our jobs properly. It doesn't mean that we're any less knowledgeable, but we just like to build relationships with people and we like to to be able to have clear communication. Now, you can't do that if you're all acting like robots, even in business networking, like, I will have no qualms of going business networking in my jeans. Like, I just or a maxi dress. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't bother me whatsoever. And if people judge me on that, then that says more about them than it does me. Because I would never judge you for what you wear or who you are or, or whatever. So I just think you have to be true to yourself. I think it's very, it takes a lot of energy to act and be something that you're not. And actually, when you're a business owner, you need all the energy you can to push your business forward so uh, it's been said before that I'm probably really unprofessional at networking events and and this uh, it should be serious and it shouldn't be a laugh and, and things like that but that same person that was saying that shit about me stood or and sat and watched me get invited to Buckingham Palace so for being me
0: call them out who was it Oh, you
1: can't say oh okay but who's winning who's winning like i get rewarded for being my true self if that's unconventional that's fine but actually what it allows me to do is to attract people like me like i don't want to work with boring people that don't like to have a laugh like i don't want to work with people that are going to be offended if i drop the f-bomb 'Cause I am known to do that once um, we've had a pre-conversation. Are we allowed to swear on this We Well, absolutely okay. allowed to swear, yeah. You're yeah. absolutely
0: allowed to swear, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> With
1: those yeah, um, those
0: sea bombs are the way.
1: Yeah. I just think actually I want people to like me for who I am, not who I'm pretending to be. And that that I want to communicate in real life and in business life as well, because there's a saying, isn't it, business is business. Now, nah. When you're a small business owner, business is never business. Business is no. personal. You put 100%. everything into it. You put your life, your soul, your energy, you make sacrifices. So why would you want to do all that and have people attracted to you and your brand when it's not actually really you? Yeah. One hundred percent. I think
0: I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's there's a lot of uh, a persona thing, especially with uh, with business networking around people uh, being something that potentially they're not because they think that's the expectation. I remember. So I've not been doing it that long, and uh, last summer it was nice, and I I just banged out my shorts, shorts and polo shirt because that's what I wear. If I if I, you know, some of my clients, if I went into them in a shirt and a jacket and a tie. I'd literally be like showing the door and walk back out again. And, yeah. you know, as far as I'm concerned, shorts are polo shirts, yeah, smart, casual, fine. You know, they're not like jogging bottom shorts. They're like Chino shorts. But yeah, I got lambasted for going networking in shorts. And it's like, really? Like, come on, give me, give a guy a chance. And it's like, you're a hairdresser. You're like working in a, you know, your business is hairdressing or, or, or floor fitting or even mentoring, et cetera. Now, You know, all of that's around your personal brand. So it's so important to ensure that they are congruent. Um, Since you said about an incongruence in, in how people sort of perceive themselves online as being super professional, and then when you meet in person, it being different, it did make me reflect actually, you know, I've I've run like a dual brand for a little while, the trucks and the training business. And one of the truck side could be a little bit more fun because it's dealing with transport and that, that's sort of what's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the training side, first aid, mental health, that sort of thing, maybe we need it to be a bit more serious. But I found that really challenging two voices, which is again why I've looked to sort of simplify things a bit because it's just one true voice coming through. Um, I'm trying to think, of can you think of someone or a business which is incongruent?
1: apart
0: from my own no 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 not no yeah like so i was just trying to think of a good example where you know a business appears one way and then actually when you deal with it it's different because that's not going to deem success god it's hard isn't it there's quite a few
1: though to be fair
0: nice
1: yeah yeah. And, and then do you know what that's when then the imposter syndrome comes in yeah Because they're like, oh, actually, they start doubting themselves because they don't know who they are or they're not communicating that and they have to put on a front. There's a lot. Do you know what? There's more people that are putting on a front than more people that are real. There was a buzzword for a while about authenticity. You need to be authentic and blah, 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 blah. And the same people that were spouting that shit were the people that were the least authentic. And you're like, and then it just turns you off even more.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And actually, I think it's you're the first person to have said about look, keeping it real on the on the podcast. And this is one of the things around the podcast was that it was really important for me. Some people think if you go and do a podcast or what have you, you're doing it because you're putting yourself as a position of authority or what have you. Well, I am a position of authority on some things, but not necessarily as a business owner. I'm quite new to that. I know my stuff about what the business is involved in um however the purpose of the podcast was actually do you know what I, I want to learn stuff and I learn by having great conversations with people and people who are more experienced than me but at the same time I give people or potential prospective people who might use my services the ability to get to know me a bit better as well and actually I have got humility I don't think I know it all I'm more than happy to learn happy to listen so actually that that when they then meet me they they actually know what they're going to expect from us as well. I don't think
1: anybody does know it all, do we?
0: No. No, Like one
1: person said to me in a networking room, oh, you know that saying, if if you're, if you, oh, what is the saying? And I literally nearly got sick on my food. If you're, oh my God, what's that saying?
0: If you're not the smartest in the room or something like that.
1: Yeah, if you're the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. And somebody literally said that. And I swear to God, I nearly spat my food out in his face. Like, how can you say that? There's always something to learn. Like, I don't think I'm great at business, I'm great at building businesses. I'm great at building a great culture. I'm great at marketing. I'm great at selling. Am I the best? Absolutely not. Have I still got stuff to learn? Absolutely. I've got books. I listen to audiobooks. I have a mentor. Like I watch lives, I watch webinars. I've still got lots to learn, and when and things change as well. Yeah, things are always changing. People are changing. People's behaviours, like, it fascinates me. And if I ever kind of do semi-retire again, that's probably the the way I'm going to go down. Is that psychology? Like people's behaviours absolutely fascinate me. But if you think you're in the smartest room, like you need to have a word with yourself. There's no such thing. Because <laughs> I learned from my kids. I learned from my mentees. Like, you should be learning every single day, and you should be open to that. So I think yeah. what you're doing is great. Like you said, you're open at dialogue. There's conversation to be had, and everybody's different. Some people might be listening, to me, listening to me and going, mate, she's annoying. Like, yeah. Up. And there might be some people uh, that are uh, like, I yeah, I love what she's saying. But actually, I'm strong enough in myself to know that I would attract people like me, and that's yeah. okay. That like, I want to repel people that are not like me because actually, they're just hard work, yeah, and I haven't got the energy to argue and persuade people. Like I don't persuade anybody to work with me. I'm like, you work with me or you don't. I'm really not that bothered. I'm not begging yeah. for anyone's money.
0: That's such a good way. That's such a good way, though, to conclude this section because that that is really the underline behind why keep like being real is so important because actually you will work best with people who understand how you are and despite of what despite what you show other people when you're going to work a long time with clients or long term with clients that needs to be it's almost like a marriage isn't it not like a marriage oh, but it is yeah. like a marriage. Well, in, you know?
1: Is that any relationship it's, right. like it's give and take you have to have then clear expectations. So I'm quite frank in the sense of I want to work with people that take action. If you have a victim mentality, if you can't take criticism, if you can't kind of explore ideas and different ways of doing it, if everything in life happens is bad for you, like you're not my person. Like shit's happened to me and you just pull your socks up and get on with it. Like sometimes it might take a day, sometimes it might take a week. But actually there's people out there going through a lot worse than any of us at any one time. So it's about your resilience. I want to work with people that have resilience. That you know what? I'm not afraid to try things. That it might work. It might not work. But actually you tried it, which is a lot more than 99% of the other people that are sat on the couch thinking about it or talking about it or writing it in their in their journals, thinking about it. Like, just do it. I have no qualms of making decisions. If it's the right decision, if it's the wrong decision, but at least I've made a decision. And you nice. learn from your mistakes as much as you learn from your wins. So,
0: No, perfect, perfect. Right, that moves me nicely on to point number three, which was keeping it fun.
1: Yeah, I think we've kind of explored that anyway, haven't we? But I feel yeah. like, like we said, in business, I feel like it's all too serious. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we just need to have fun with it. Like, we need to have fun with our employees. We need to have fun with our clients. We need to have fun with our messaging. Like, at the salon, as I said, we like really fun. um, And we like to keep it like that. Like, a really kind of, no bitchy environment where everyone kind of... And there will be times where people grate on each other. Like, when you're in a small environment with people for 40 hours and, and you're busy and you might be a little bit stressed, then... It is hard to remain fun all the time, but it's about being conscious that that is our culture or part of our culture, and even down to little things. And you like, like you said, it's about how do you seek that through everything. So we've always had purple tunics that the that the team of wore in salon. I'm awesome. probably for about a year or two. They're like, mm, can we wear our own clothes? This, that, and the other. And I'm like, mm, let me have a think about it. It has to be right for the brand. And I haven't rushed into anything because I feel like once you give people an inch, sometimes they take a mile. Like we have a summer uniform, and it's probably taken about three years for people to actually get that just right. So giving them like hell for leather, letting them wear whatever they want is probably a bit like, oh, it's people's personal opinions. So it kind of sat with me for a while and I had a breakthrough whilst I'm not down last month. And I was like, actually, why don't we have some slogan t-shirts? So hairdressing. So there's a few like hairdresser sponsored by Coffee and Creativity. There's some that's like, um, it says, "Um, let me fix your hair. Like, sit down, let me fix your hair. Because, obviously, everybody's got these lockdown disaster haircuts at the moment. Nice. Uh, home colours.
0: A bit like my beard, right?
1: Oh Yeah, well, we had a conversation offline about that, didn't
0: we? <laughs> we took um... that offline, didn't we? For the listeners, just so you know, first thing Joe goes to me was, like, what's going on with your moustache? It's like, all right, cheers. So I've got, like, a little bit between here that doesn't grow so well. Savage. Absolutely savage. If anyone wants a real... Talk about keeping it real. She lives it. <laughs> I
1: am that that friend. I'm very, like, we were talking about this last time. I'm very black or white, ride or die. Like, you're in my career. I'm not that bothered. Like, I am that friend that if you think you look fat in something and you ask me and you look a little bit fat in something, I'm going to tell you <laughs> you look a little bit nice. that I'm no skinny mini myself, just to put it out there. But I am that friend that will say, actually, I'm not quite sure on that boyfriend or I'm not sure that you may be... Like, I am the honest friend. So I think that makes me a great business mentor because actually when you're... I love dreaming big, but also I'm realistic as well. So, yeah, yeah no, I'm definitely that, um, that best friend that everybody needs, that little thing on their shoulder. But yeah, I think it is just about being true to yourself. And I think actually now it feels so right that we've got them slogan T-shirts. I think... That fits with us. Like we are fun. I don't know any other salon in the, in Peterborough or the UK that would have fun slogan t shirts, but actually that just cements our brands even further. And actually, it feels right. So now we're going to help a leather with it. So yeah, That's I'm
0: awesome. excited. I've seen, I think I've seen them on, on Facebook and what have you as well. And they look really good to be fair. Really good, really strong. Yeah. out
1: crisp and vibrant color, actually. He's, he's, um, he sorted of them all out for
0: me. So yeah, I love Chris. Chris is a good guy. To be fair, he's a good guy. He's based. It, I'm. I'm in Peterborough workspace at the minute, and he's he's based downstairs. He's he's a good guy. So yeah, uh, merchandise and what have you. He's your man. So tell me a little bit more about client experience, then, because that is one of your key things too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think you'll probably see a bit of a trend that everything is kind of linked, um, and yeah. we've talked about this before, where you can have kind of coaches and advisors that are very good at one thing. So you'll have your kind of money or your accountants dealing with one bit. You can have your marketing team or marketing experts talking about one thing. You can have your HR. What I'm really good at is actually I've got experience in all of those aspects. So because business is, it's almost like the cogs, isn't it? They all have to work together to achieve what you want. Um, And that's what I'm really good at. So obviously we've touched on client experience, but, it's looking at all of those touch points even before they come into contact with you to when they're handing over their money and beyond it's looking at all those touch points and how can you make each touch point the best experience for your client so for example it's about open communication clear expectations we're really hot on the salon of Having kind of a telephone consultation, finding out their needs to make sure that they're booked in for the right things. If they haven't been to us before, we'll get them in for a face-to-face consultation because not only does it allow us to do skin tests if they're coming in for a colour, but it allows us to see the the quality of their hair. So we don't want people booking in if they've got mashed up, bleached up hair that we can't put colour on because it's going to be fried because not only are they going to have bad hair, we're probably going to be shut down so it's about
0: making sure <laughs> you don't have that problem right now no 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 do you reckon they can do anything with my hair <laughs> we
1: got some pva glue in the, in the um playroom.
0: don't don't because i've had friends that have tried gluing hair on it didn't look good on them either <laughs> you know who you are if you're listening and i'm glad you've gone back to a bald head mate <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: My husband's bald, so we had the ongoing. It's a bit of banter. Like even so my youngest, he'll walk in and she'll be like, "You're baldy head."
0: Yeah. So my nickname, my nickname at one of my main clients is Shiny Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, to be fair, let's be honest to the listeners, I actually had to turn the lights out because when I first come on the call with Joe, my head was gleaming. It was it literally looked like a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> so I've like opened, opened all the curtains and turned the light off. <laughs> not quite as shiny.
1: But so that just explains it, doesn't it? The fact that you've got banter like that with one of your clients. I feel yeah. like that's how you would treat your friends. Why would you not treat your clients? like? That? It doesn't make you any less knowledgeable or what you offer any less valuable. It just means that we can have fun in the meantime. So, yeah, 100%. so I think it's just about... How can we keep things fun with our clients? How can we keep things fun with our employees? I mean, we've we've loads of the awards that we've won have always had notes about what we do for our employees. So not only do we have like great training, but actually we have great incentives, we've got a holiday incentive that if we reach a certain amount of profit, we'll take them to Dubai. Like there's loads of things. We treat them for their, they get their birthday paid, like their birthday off paid. They get flowers on their anniversaries, they get holiday vouchers when they've been with us for so many years. Like again, it's just valuing the people around you as well, isn't it? But the client experience, it's how at each point that's what we were talking about, wasn't it? Um, how we can make that as an enjoyable because I think now we can access there's so much competition, isn't there? Like with the internet now, that's That was a game changer. Social media is a game changer. Amazon was a game changer. Like we can purchase things and have them in our house the next day. Some things we can have in the same day, can't we?
0: Yes. So
1: actually, what sets you apart from your competitors? Actually, what experience can you give them? So for example, like I know it sounds really out there, but I honestly think if I would have worked in Toys R Us at like a high level, I probably would have had a good chance of saving them because they had no client experience whatsoever. And I think that's what a lot of the big chains are missing. And that's the advantage that we as small business owners have over the big boys, is that we can ensure that every touch point is enjoyable for our employee, uh, for our clients. Yeah. So, Things like Toys R Us, I just think actually, like you remember as a child. I don't know if you remember going to Toys R Us. It was like, oh my god, we're going to Toys R Us. It's amazing. I
0: love going as a parent.
1: I was like, parent.
0: on the little bikes and on the scooters, and yeah. <laughs> but it
1: just, Dad, you embarrassing. Of if they had employees going around interacting with the kids, talking to the parents, showing the toys, because we know it was more expensive buying stuff from Toys R Us than it was from Amazon but when you buy it from Amazon there's no experience whatsoever it's click a button and that's it if you're actually showing people and educating people and interacting with them and building relationship you look at Hamleys Hamleys are well expensive but you walk in then it is like a toy wonderland you they have the employees there. With the toys, interacting with the kids, interacting with the parents. And then you have no qualms. You don't even think about spending an extra £10 on something because actually you've had a great experience. So, again, that goes back to your USP. You don't have to be the cheapest, you just have to give the best experience. I'm not the cheapest business coach, but I give a great experience. Like, we're not the cheapest salon, but we give a great experience. And we're not the cheapest floor fitters or floor suppliers, but we give the best experience.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: So when people say to me, I'm not busy, I'm going to drop my prices, I'm like, no, up your prices and give a better experience.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, and that's so, that's actually really topical. Certainly for us at the minute. So I've been like, I've, I've been really like banging my head with a brick wall with the whole COVID nineteen thing. we've managed, we've managed like forty five minutes without mentioning it. But first aid, first aid particularly, a lot of the other training we can take online, but first aid can't be done online. It has to be done in person because of the practical elements of that training. Now. Our experience has always been very good with people. We've always ensured great experience, hashtag national guarantee, et cetera. Um, The challenge we've got now, though, is that's a competitive marketplace on price, you know, and we we have competitors who are more expensive, national brands who are a bit more expensive, and then we have in, in. in the face of it being a charity or charitable, et cetera. So they, they're a bit more money. And then we have like the small timers who run out of village halls who charge like next to nothing. They've got no VAT to pay, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like a savage. And it's so, you know, the, the level of quality of that service is going to be horrific. Who wants to sit in a stinky village hall smelling of fust and wee and whatever rat's... Done in there, you know, (laughs) whereas they can get a decent training room here and have a good quality experience and a professional experience. So, but the challenge we've got is we've been impacted by cost per head because we've got to supply PPE to everyone. We've got to make sure that they've all got their own first aid kit. We've then been impacted by capacity. So, where we used to have 12 in a room, we're now down to like four. So, a third of the people. So, all of a sudden, increased cost, reduced capacity. Even if I double my prices, the margin's not as good. But I've got to do it. But I've got to explain that to... I've got to explain that. And I think if I explain that well enough to my clients,
1: I think they'll get it. That's exactly what it is. It's about communication. Like, if you doubled your prices with no communication whatsoever, some people wouldn't even bat an eyelid. But some people would be like, really? Like, what's that about? It's about communication, about expectations. And this is what I always talk about. Where things go wrong between a business and a client or a business and employee is a lack of communication and the lack of clear expectations. It's the same in a personal relationship, isn't it? Like, I just expect my husband to see the shit on the side, but he doesn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds so familiar. (laughs) You know where the dishwasher is. Um...
1: Well, do you want to explain that to me? But actually, there is an expectation that, when he came in, if I was still working, I, I shouldn't just assume that he knows that I'm working until 10 o'clock tonight and actually he needs to sort dinner. There needs to be that communication. There needs to be an expectation of actually, when you come in, I'm going to be working half a You need to sort dinner out and sort the girls out. Business is exactly the same relationship. If you expect somebody to do something, you need to communicate those expectations because if you don't, Nobody is a mind reader, like as as good as we are and as talented as as business owners are, we're not mind readers and neither are our employees. So we need to be able to communicate wisely. Do you know what, with the mentoring business, I've upped my prices. I have no qualms about it. None whatsoever, my capacity is less now. I'm doing like 12, 14 hour a day. So why would I not be compensated for that? Like I'm working with businesses that want to get through this challenging time and want to have fast growth they don't just want to survive this they want to thrive in this so actually that takes a completely different set of skills than keeping somebody accountable so my prices have upped I've got outgoings that I've got for. Yeah. I've got to bring certain people in to maybe assist so that costs money um with the salon I'm the same as you we're going to have reduced capacity we're going to have PPE to pay for, not only for our staff, but our employees. We're going to have to make changes in the salon. I've invested thousands in PPE already, and I don't even know yeah. whether it's the right stuff or not because we've had no guidance whatsoever. No, no. So, like, it has to... But I know that people value us because we've, we have that connection with them. We have that experience. Not only are they desperate to get their hair and all their beauty treatments done, but they're desperate to have it with us because they want to support us. So do I think that they're going to have qualms with paying an extra five no i don't to be fair i'm quite confident that and if they do they can go elsewhere like we've got 20 30 pages of people on our waiting list and that's not to say i don't appreciate my clients far from it but we are a small business like it's not to every penny that i earn doesn't go into the yacht do you know what i mean In, in my second <laughs> party, Like it goes into developing the business. We work really hard in putting our staff on training, making sure that they get paid a decent amount, that they get good bonuses. That there is a lot that we do. We do a lot for the community. Like that doesn't come from nowhere. So I have no qualms whatsoever about upping our prices. None. And the fact that people are going the opposite way, I'm like that. That shows me that you have you. Need to develop your business skills. Like you need some guidance because if you're discounting your prices at this time, there's something seriously wrong. Uh,
0: it was a it, it was a bit, bit of a strange thing, wasn't it? When and, and we, we've we've covered like the six areas pretty much um, with uh, and we've kind of incorporated them into into the different answers as well. So I just wanted to explore with you with COVID and and the situation. I, I literally, if I had hair, I'd have been tearing it out when it first kicked off. People were like giving so much away for free. And doing stuff, and I was like, "You're gonna have to survive this." I don't, I don't get it at all. And then people are so keen to get capacity back again. Like you say, dropping prices feels like it. It feels a little bit suicidal, really. How
1: productive? Like I had this same conversation with my husband. Like, trust when I say he gets this shit for free, and he is the person that listens the least.
0: (laughs) That's because he's free and he doesn't value it, right?
1: Probably. That's exactly right. But he was so busy and I'm like, well, either you've got like a little side family somewhere that you're supporting that I don't know about, or we seriously need to look at your prices because something isn't right here. And he said, but I'm busy, but I'm busy. And I'm like, but you're a busy fool. Like you need to up your prices. You are possibly the best fitter in Peterborough. Like you take such pride, you use such great quality products. You go above and beyond. Like, what is going, there's something missing here? And he's saying, well, I'm busy. No one's saying no to me. But I'm getting every quote I'm going for. And I'm like, but that's problem one. When you're getting everybody say yes to you, you're too cheap. Like, that is red flag number one. Like, if is saying yes to you, you are too cheap. But two, actually, say you're earning, like hypothetically, £100 a day and you're booked out five days a week that's 500 pound for working 500 actually if you doubled your prices and some people were saying no but actually you're only earning you're only working two days a week you're still getting paid how much to, to work two days a week you're getting near one the same money but you're working yep. less than half yeah so all too often we associate being busy with being successful yeah that's that's not why we start a business. We don't start a business to be busier than what we were when we were, self, when we were employed. We don't start a business to have less money than when we were when we were employed. Stress sure. is kind of a given to some extent. To be fair, if you have, if you have teams and responsibilities and, and you give a shit about your business, stress is some, going to be something there that you possibly can't get rid of. But nobody starts a business to work more and have less money. So actually pricing is the first thing that I ever work on with somebody. It's their money mindset and it's the money. Because if you don't get your money right, you can be working as hard as you can. You could be selling millions of products. You could have the best messaging, the best website. You're not going to have a business. It's not sustainable. So I would rather have higher prices and work with less people and really make a difference with those people. Then wear myself too thin, work with everybody for peanuts, and actually not make a difference whatsoever.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, listeners, if any of that resonated with you, then Joe's the person to speak to. Joe, where do people find you?
1: So, we've got a new website, Um, um I'm on social media. Um, I've got a page, Joebeblackwood, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. Um, my daughter's trying to get me on TikTok, but I'm not feeling that right now. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole different ball game. Um, but yeah, reach out to me. We've got loads of templates. I mean, we're still developing. As I said, we're going through the rebrand of kind of the unique entrepreneur to Joe Beverlac wear. So. Don't judge me on anything that you, that you might see because things are still working in progress. Um, I've never been busy. I'm literally doing like 14 hour days. I furloughed all of my staff. Um, Chelsea's only just come back this week to support, which is great for me, but we're still getting a lot of stuff done. But at the moment I'm just serving people. So if you want to reach out, a quick call or whatever, then then let me know and we can sort that out. But yeah, I just hope it's been helpful.
0: it's been absolutely brilliant you've been an absolute star so and don't forget to get us over that document i'll share that with uh, anyone who's listening as well perfect right thanks for listening guys we'll catch you very soon thank you so much for tuning in we really appreciate your time please do follow me at Pete Rushmer on linkedin or on facebook follow flagship training uk and you can find us on youtube too at flagship uk